0: In this episode, you will discover why strategy is a real key to success. How implementing systems transformed Ken's marketing results and why successful marketing relies on systems and not just tactics. My guest uh, today is my dear friend, Ken cook. Welcome, Ken. How are you doing Mustafa? Great to see you, my friend. And we're talking about revolutionizing agencies and marketers going over mind-blowing ways to unlock in maximum efficiency and success let me do the proper introduction of my friend Ken and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation if you are a marketer if you're an agency owner if you know a marketing uh agency owner or a marketer tag them in a uh, comment below share the link with them share the love and the knowledge and the wisdom with them because we're going to go over some really cool stuff here right now and make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on whichever channel you're watching and if you have any questions, put them in a the comment below and we'll do our best to cover it or get back to you if it was too tough for us. Like if we don't know what to do, we're going to do our research and get back to you. So, Ken Cook is the co-owner of the Prepared Group and a traditional marketer turned marketing strategist. After realizing the traditional marketing agency model was broken, he set out to fix it. His passion is to see small business owners win and create better lives for themselves and their families. Ken and his wife, Courtney, have five children and live in Oregon, Oregon, one country. Welcome, Ken. Good to be here with you, my friend. Likewise. Great to have you. What's it like where you are right now? What's the weather like?
1: Uh, Clear skies, bright sun, and cold. Yeah, it's like same here in Calgary. Clear skies and sunny. Although I think our definitions of cold might be different.
0: Yeah, it's probably like it was. No, actually, it's like minus one or zero today. This has probably that's Celsius. Yeah, uh, and this probably has do, has been the warmest winter I've seen ever in Calgary. Wow. It's like spring for us when it's like zero. That's kind of springy for us. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. What's it like for you guys? Is it like
1: it was like thirty six this morning when I woke up? So it's is that kind of warm. It's it doesn't normally snow in February. It snowed yesterday. So, you know, um, we're, we're on the cold. I mean, this is kind of cold normal for us. Normally, there's a little bit more rain. Oh, yeah. uh, we're not normally this dry. So, I don't
0: know. Love it. So, Kent, let's dive into it like we promised. Um, what
1: yeah. is your story? You know, a decade ago now, I had a client offer me a year's salary to open my own agency, and that's how we started. Never set out to, to start an agency, never dreamed of business ownership. I uh, was working at a very large agency, 650 people. Nice. Um, and they dissolved my department. Oh. And I was gonna go work for uh, another sizable agency that was looking to develop a high-dollar web dev and SEO department which was kind of my bailiwick, and, uh, you know, they uh, things just didn't work out there. Now, I, and actually, I never started. My final interview with the owner uh, and the GM, it, what I noticed was the owner had, like, this slideshow. On, on his desk, he had a photo of he and his wife and his son, and on his computer screen, like, back in the day, right you you had photo screensavers if you recall right don't see any of that nowadays but back in the day that was pretty common and it was he and his mistress on a wine tour and i remember thinking to myself if that's what this guy does to his family what's he going to do to his staff hmm right so they offered me this great job great everything big salary big commissions you know when you're selling 100,000 dollar projects if you're getting a 20% commission not bad not not too shabby, Dave. Yeah. See you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I walked away from it, and I was you know, I was convinced that this guy was going to screw over everybody who who was involved in working for him. And by the way, two years later, found out he did just that. Uh, That's the nature of the beast, right? Nature of things, right? And and so I had this client at the time. I'd worked with him for a couple of years. His name was Jim, and Jim ran a wine tourism com- company out on long island oddly enough called long island wine tours and i'd work you know we'd known each other pretty well and we spoke almost every day yeah and it was october so his season was basically over and i say i call him up and i say you know jim i was gonna take this job at this place uh, i'm not here's the reasons why I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll let you know when I get it figured out. And he said, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start your own company. It'll be your own agency. I'm going to send you a year's – I'll guarantee you your first year's salary. Where should I send the first check? And I was like, no, nah, man, you're not doing that. He goes, no, I am. Where? What's your address? I'm sending the check right now. Two days later, we had a check in the mail, and that's how the business started.
0: Hmm.
1: And – you know, fast forward, you know, we had a decent sized agency, two offices, 12 employees, you know, we were doing all right. Um, and things kind of exploded as we were continuing to grow. We had grown 300 and 200 and 300 percent year over year and got to the point where I couldn't manage everything. So I put someone else in charge of fulfillment and it fell apart. And We ended up, uh, you know, scaling back a lot of our full service stuff to really focusing on what we found made us a lot of money and what we got our best results doing. And that was strategic consulting. And so we, D- David Bear and I at the time said, you know what, why don't we just start a strategy focused business? We'll do a little bit of tactical work, but but really we're going to be consulting and doing strategy. then great. You know, we built back up everything we lost and then some, but with a quarter of the staff or a third of the, yeah, a quarter of the staff, you know, and never had to, to have such high overhead, you know, uh, and so we made a lot more money and I went from working 60 to 80 hours a week to working 30 hours a week. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, we, we were just, we were enjoying things. Amazing. January of 2021 comes around, and we're at a conference, speaking at the event. And uh, the managing partner of Michael Gerber's e company is there. And I'm a big Gerber fan. I talk to the guy and explain what we do, and he says to me just out of the blue, I've been trying to build that for six years. Can I license that from you? To which I say, I don't know what that means, but let's have, you know, let's have some more discussions about that. And because all I would ever heard about licensing was like licensing team logos or something, you know, I didn't know anything about it. Well, it turned out to be a really good deal. <laughs> and, and here we are now, our full-time business is helping other agencies kind of through a licensed model where we're giving them our system that we built and they're thriving off of it. You know, we have, I had a call like very, very end of December. And this agency owner, she calls me up and she says, you know, Ken, I just don't know what to say. Uh, this year we're, or this month, we're ending doing 120,000 in new sales. Okay. okay. Our normal average bef- before this, before we started working with you, was 30,000. And I said, well, what's the difference? And she said, our clients respect us as more than just a vendor. Interesting. We're bringing some to the table that no one else has. And that's through your system. And that's system, And that's, but that's, that's, here's the indictment and the sad part about this. What we're doing, from my perspective, is what every marketer should be doing. Right? Like, it's what you do. It's I want to look at this business holistically and ask, how is it that what you and I are discussing fits into the whole? Instead of this constant thing that I did as an agency, the agencies I worked for did, what I see most agencies doing now is, which is you're the business owner. We're here to take your order or to sell you something. Whatever you're willing to buy, we'll do and we'll do it really well. Whether you need that or not or whether it will work for you or not, that's irrelevant we're going to work the tool really well. Yeah. You know, so if you're wanting Facebook ads, we're going to run great Facebook ads, irrespective of whether or not you should have Facebook ads run for you. Right? Whether your market is there or not, we don't really know any of that. We don't even necessarily ask those questions, but we know how to use the Facebook tool very well. And, And that's really what we're kind of at war against, if you will, is this idea of, As a business owner, your job uh, is to grow your business. Make net profit. That's the role of the business owner. Mm -hmm. I I believe the marketer's role is to support the business owner in making net profit. That's the role. Yeah. The challenge, though, is how many marketers see their role as working this tool really well. I've had marketers straight up say to me. My job is to bring leads to the door. What happens after that is none of my business. That's yeah. what, I, that's what I'm saying. If you cannot not close,
0: you're not going to be in business for long, right?
1: Right. Well, but that's the thing is how many agencies do you know who cycle through clients every two to three months, every six months, and they just find the next one, find the next one, find yeah. the next one, right? And then you wonder, like, how many bi- – I talked to so many small business owners, and the number one phrase I hear used about marketing agencies Is terms like scam, frustrated, no results, right, incompetent, they don't get me, and 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 the problem is these marketers are very good at what they do, and if you were to listen to them, they'd say we're doing a great job. It's the business owner who has problems. That's right, and 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 it could be, and it
0: could be true, but it it is true.
1: No, no, here's the thing. It is true. The business owner does have problems. Yeah. The market is doing their job. Mm -hmm. The problem is what they think their job is, is utterly insufficient as to what the business that they're supporting and serving actually needs.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: And uh, I I really love uh, Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. Mm -hmm. I love it so much I made my my 11 and 13-year-old read it. Really? Okay. And we talk about this principle of you own what's around you. If your siblings are screwing up, you own it. If they're not getting their work done, you step in and you own it. Not because you have to, but because my father said to me, real men solve other people's problems. My father beat that into me as a boy. Love it.
0: You know, one thing I learned from uh, Jordan Peterson. You know Jordan Peterson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Recently, a friend of mine, or about a month or two ago, he said, uh, he learned he learned this from Jordan Peterson. He says, wherever you go, try to fix one thing before you leave. And that's been a game changer for me. Like, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm like, oh, this is, this, this, this is garbage. Get rid of it. I go to my friend's house. Like, literally, I was at my friend's house. And his table, the tabletop was kind of wobbly. I'm like, go grab your tools. He's like, oh, just leave it. It's okay. It's been like that for 20 years. I'm like... We're going to fix this. And we, and we got, and it was like a turn of a screw. It yep. got fixed. It's like, dude, that's been like that for 20 years. That one advice made it big. So I th- I think it's along the
1: same lines. It is. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing as an agency. I believe my role and your role is to leave the businesses that we work with better when we leave than when we start. Yeah. Better financially, better operationally and in better with better marketing. Yeah. And so what that means is we've got to take ownership of the process. There's a parallel to this, by the way. Mm-hmm. There started to be a trend years ago of CMOs getting demoted. And not being a part of the executive team in, in the corporate world. Yeah. And replacing them was CROs, chief revenue officers. In other words, the person, this this new position, this new role of not someone who cares about the brand, not someone who is in charge of the website, but someone who is responsible for the amount of money that we make. Yeah. Really, really think about this. How many small business owners do you know who want someone who is going to give them a pretty website that doesn't work versus an ugly website that does work? Does. Tons of cash. Mhm. They want cash. Yep. And I think that's that's where we as marketers have to say, look. My job first and foremost is revenue generation. It's not lead generation. It's not opportunity creation. It's not warm up. It's not remarketing. It's not Facebook ads. My job is to create revenue.
0: Um What do you mean by that, by just – my job is to create revenue. What, what 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 are people focused on versus what creating it, revenue looks like?
1: I think marketers are largely focused on doing good marketing.
0: Regardless of the results.
1: Regardless of the, I'll give you an example. Give me an example. If we were to go to the AMA, American Marketing Association, Yeah, and we were to look at the awards that they give out, They're gonna give out awards for best brand, best design, these kinds of things. Best commercial. But not for best
0: profits and revenue. These are artistic awards. You know, years ago I learned from Dan Kennedy saying that a business owner's sole responsibility is to run a profitable business yes that's your, that's your sworn duty yep because it's the profits that pay for the bills and your wages and your mortgage and and, and the rest of it and it's interesting how most business owners don't even think about profits no because they're too busy thinking about survival yeah well i have a great brand yeah who cares
1: that that's exactly it, man, is, and so, so what I want to tell marketing agencies and what I tell them every day is in essence, this, if you switch from, I'm a Facebook ads expert, I'm a Google ads expert, I'm an SEO guy, I'm a web designer, whatever, to what I do is I sell money at a discount. If you give me a hundred dollars, I'm gonna give you a thousand. If you give me a thousand dollars, I'm gonna give you ten 000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How many of your customers are you gonna keep? A lot. All of them. All of them. I mean, I mean, bro, if I if I came to your office right now and I set up a vending machine for every dollar you put in, it spit out 10. Would you take me up on that? Right? <laughs> how long how long are you gonna keep the vending machine there?
0: Forever. I'll, throw, I'll be asking for a second one
1: right that's the role of marketing in modern business that's right right and by the way if we go all the way back let's go back to pt barnum pt realized that's the role of marketing in the 1800s let's look at Claude hopkins scientific advertising yeah what's the role of marketing the generation of revenue look for all people more- who don't
0: know i mean I, i've read scientific advertising
1: but who is P.T. Barnum, Barnum? Oh, the founder, I mean, P.T. Barnum is the founder of the Barnum & Bailey Circuits. He was a brilliant marketer. Um, he had the Museum of Oddities and, and really was a man far ahead of his time. Uh, had, ran lecture circuits, etc., cetera, and, and basically was a marketer before really marketing was a term. And there's so much of what he like, – like, let's just take a, a well-known marketer like uh, Levinson and Guerrilla Marketing. Right? Barnum was doing it 100 years before him. One of my favorite stories is he had a guy that he paid to take a stack of bricks and to place the bricks down and then pick them up as uh, ran, basically as he walked towards his museum. So that people would follow him, hmm. right? Not to say, and, and his job was to not say a word to anybody, but to get them to follow him to the front door of the Museum of Oddities, and then to do it all over again. I mean, we're talking about crazy stuff that marketers hmm. today don't don't think about at all, but was being done more than a hundred years ago. Oh yeah, one hundred and fifty years ago. I mean, we're talking. This is the heritage of marketing, and so there's some, there's so many great things there that we can pick up yeah. from the past. There are like great thing
0: to thinkers all the time that do creative thinking and some yep. good stuff.
1: Exactly.
0: What do you see as some of the? I, I know we, t- we touched on this already, but some of the so what are the major issues or problems you see with the way um, agency owners run their business?
1: You know, I, th- I think one of the big challenges that I see for a lot of agency owners is they give away strategy to sell tactics. What do you mean by that? Have you ever give us an example? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. When you sit down with somebody, yep. and you do a review of their website before they've signed any contract with you, you walk them through and you show them exactly what the problems are. And you do this to build authority in their mind. Yeah. Right? So that you can sell them the services that you provide. Yeah. So you take your highest valued work, your strategic consulting, and you give it away for free. Hoping that you're going to get something in return. Hoping that they're going to sign up and buy a tactic from you. That's right. Even if those two things, by the way, are completely unrelated.
0: I see where you're going with this, right? And so
1: here's the challenge. Like really think about this. If, if I can charge $500 an hour for strategic consulting, but only $50 or $150 an hour for Facebook ads, which should I give away to gain the other good question? Should I give away my high dollar service to sell my low dollar service or vice versa? So what's your take on this? Should you be giving away anything or should you be giving away a little or? I I think that you have to give enough to earn trust. Okay. Okay. Now, what that giving looks like is widely divergent, depending on the type of marketing you do and the type of business you're talking to. Like if you and I were to walk into the grocery store, Right, for most food products, there they're not giving away, you're not getting a sample of an egg to buy the carton of eggs, you know, but you may get a sample of cheese to sell cheese.
0: Yep, Oscar right? is pretty good at that.
1: He's very good at this, and so so there are certain things where you can give away to garner a sales lift. Here, Dude, my wife
0: and her sisters frequent Costco a few days a week
1: a few days a week I love this
0: well it's like two minutes away from us there's a brand new Costco beautiful and they go there sometimes they're like oh let's go have some samples and they walk out with like a few hundred dollars worth
1: of shopping yep yep that's that's the point is a good sample a good test Drives you to buy more than you intended to. Yeah. Gets you to buy when you weren't planning on it. The problem is, for most marketers, they're giving away strategic consulting and then getting nothing in return or getting peanuts in return. So what's the solution then? I think, I think the solution is is twofold. One, creating a better sales process that builds authority without giving away your highest valued services. Okay. And secondly, it's it's actually productizing and selling your strategic consulting. That's
0: right. Is that like it, it it seems to me like that's a great example of talking about what needs to happen, but not how it needs to happen to your prospects.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean I mean look, I just gave you the roadmap now, how, now, you can come to me and you can say, hey, Ken, I want to buy the done-for-you strategic consulting system. I know that you and David spent four and a half years building this thing, and I'm ready to buy it, right? Or, hey, you know that you need to do this. Go spend your own four and a half years and get it done, and don't pay me anything for it. I'm, like, like that's the thing, is is selling the what and not the how – giving away the what and not the how is a very smart marketing idea because ultimately the vast majority of people vast majority are going to try it realize that they have surpassed their level of competence yeah and then come back to buy it so
0: so how do you respond to customers or prospects when they say how do you do that well, we've got to provide, and I'm thinking. And the reason I'm asking is, most people would just give in and turn around, and give yeah. away
1: the how. Yeah, it's you've got to be prove that.
0: Sorry to cut you off to prove that. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. You should really hire me. Yeah, how, mm-hmm. how would you respond to if you're talking to a prospect and they say, "Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's very interesting. How how would you exactly do that? What would you
1: respond? What, what would your response be?" I I have two 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 general responses. One is. Well, we've got a proprietary process, and in that process, we do X, Y, and Z, and that's going to get you your outcome. Now, if you're asking for how I would do that for you, to be really honest, I have no idea because how I would do it is predicated upon these other things that I simply don't know. Love it. And, And so here's the thing. I sell and have sold more marketing off of the clear disclosure, I don't know but I have a process to find out than I ever have off of I know. You know why? Why? Because it's truthful and people know the
0: difference. Hmm. I love it. I don't know. So, gang, if you're watching or listening, a good, truthful, simple response is, I don't know, but I have a process that allows me to find out. Would
1: Would you like me to? Can we work on that? I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really think about this. Let's take the best Facebook ads guy we could find. Uh huh. Right. We'll go find him. All right. You get one ad to save your life. Are you 100% confident that you can save your life by generating X number of dollars with one ad? No. No. Every one of these guys that are really good, you know what they do? They have a massive testing methodology because they ultimately have no idea. Their Let's expertise gets them in the ballpark. But what's actually going to work? No idea. Yep. We're just going so, to keep trying and so testing. Expertise gets me close, and testing actually gets me results. Mm-hmm. How many marketers are unwilling to admit this, unwilling to talk about this? Because they, they're afraid that it shows that they don't know what they're doing when in actuality, it shows that they do. Very interesting. Let, let me apply this to you. I know that you don't know what script is going to be perfect right off the bat. No. But you have a process for which by which you improve your script, by which you get feedback off of the results of the scripts. 100%. And then improve them as you go. 100%. And that's the thing, is you don't have to say, look, man, I've got the perfect script. If you just hire me, we'll nail it right out of the gate. You don't say that at all Yeah, because it's not true. You may get lucky and I may get lucky once in a blue moon, right? But But ultimately, we have a testing methodology that gets us where we need to go. And let's be honest about that. So that's what I tell people all the time. I genuinely have no idea, but I've got a path to get us there. And by the way, the love of that is you don't get fired after one bad campaign. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, what
0: I think, uh, yet this morning, we were talking about pre framing the process with customers. Mm -hmm. The way I do that right off the bat, I tell my customers, look, Mr. Customer, this is probably going to be a rough road. And I'm going to admit, I'm going to be honest and upfront with you. We will probably mess things up we will probably have things that are not going to go the way we hope and want it to go but i'm going to promise you that i'm going to we're going to learn from that and we're going to optimize the process and we're going to move forward eventually we're going to have a process that works that way if i mess something up but look, look i told you already i'm not i'm not innocent i'm not god we have a process like you said how do
1: you guys do it i think it's it's much the same it is we, we simply say, look, we've got, we've got a process and we've proven that this process works. We've doubled hundreds of businesses using this process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So I know the process works. The process is heavily informed by you. And that's the thing is, it's like, really think about this. Does cold calling work? Picking up the phone and cold calling people. Does that work to grow a business? It does it does okay absolutely it does what do you do with the extreme introvert who can't pick up the phone i don't know you have two options you either say that strategy that strategic approach that line of growth isn't appropriate for you and we need to find one that is or you hammer it into them and then they don't get any results those are ultimately your two options Mm -hmm. i think that's the thing is that as a marketer i've got those two options and i think so many marketers choose the latter rather than the former how do you go
0: about picking your customers um would you pick a customer that as an introvert there is no chance in hell he or she is going to do what's needed to do. And, or would you give them and teach them and educate them? Would you take them on as a customer? I think that's
1: the thing is, is as I look at the marketplace, there are so many channels that can be effective in different ways. So, so we were, at, I don't know if you remember this, we were at book club a couple of weeks ago. We used a book yep. club for agency owners. And one of the guys said, I have outsourced all my prospecting to someone else. It's expensive, but worth it because I could never pick up the phone and do this. So they cold call for me. Great. Like, if you can't do it,
0: pay someone who can. So the idea or would be you focus on what you're good at and get someone else to do
1: what you're not good at. This this is David and I's relationship. My business partner, David. He uh, he is really, really good at a lot of things. And most of those things I'm terrible at. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. I'm right? ter- I'm a terrible copywriter. I can't write my way out of a paper bag. In fact, true story, <laughs> I used Chat GPT to write something. Uh-huh. To him, and I sent it to him, and he calls me, and he goes, who wrote this? Because I know it wasn't you. <laughs> this looks pretty good. Who and wrote said, this? No, really, I wrote it. I wrote it. And he's like, I'm sure you did. Well, who wrote it for you? <laughs> You probably came up with the idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and similarly, like David is not intuitively a numbers guy, right? Numbers and analytics don't speak naturally to him. Numbers and analytics speak very naturally to me. And so I look at that and I say, we've got different strengths. And so we play to our strengths and we minimize our weaknesses. Yep. And, and this is the case with all people. Every one of us has strengths and weaknesses and success comes when you maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses hmm. by having a team of people around you who supports you in those, those relevant areas. Okay. I've got a few
0: questions. Let's just, uh, let me just throw, um, um, go through them. Um, let's go with with like kind of short responses for the next couple of questions. Tell, you mentioned your book club and, I, and I've attended a few times. I've got massive, um, um, value out of it tell us in the audience about your book club
1: yeah what what it's for yeah it's a marketing agent it's it's for marketers and marketing agency owners Mm -hmm. basically here's the deal we all know we should read more and very few of us set the time aside to do so yeah so in this we we watch a video summary it's between 10 and 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of a well-known or best-selling book uh, typically on on business leadership those kinds of topics. And we talk about how it applies to our businesses and what challenges we're facing. And, and we really solicit feedback from this group of other marketers. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing for sale. And the one rule we have is don't, don't pitch everybody with right. your stuff, build relationships. And if they want to hire you, they will. Love it. Yeah. I've been there multiple times.
0: Huge fan. Like you said, I, I, I... I've been wanting to read books and I get busy with stuff and yeah. we go there in 15, 10, 15 minutes. There's a a, a, a a summary of the book and there's a beautiful discussion and then uh, it's beautiful. And so um, next question is, uh, you've used chat GPT, which is a hot topic these days. What
1: do you do with chat GPT? I, I've used it literally one time, but David has used it a ton. I use it a ton um, I you know I'm not on the copy side of things so it's not really a, a big thing for me here here's my two cents of it I think that there is a lot of potential but that ultimately it still has to fit into a strategic framework it's like 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 chat GPT reminds me of quiz funnels it reminds me of um uh, any other number of fads that have come and what i mean by that is a bunch of people get really really excited about it they think that it's going to revolutionize their entire life they use it for a time and then a new tool comes out yeah let's not pretend that chat gpt is the end-all be-all or or even the midpoint yeah of ai usage right it's we're we're just on the precipice and so i think i think we we look at it and we use it just like any other tool on our toolkit but that that it's when you become overly infatuated with one particular tool yeah that you run into problems
0: you want to know my chat gpt strategy for valentine's day please i got chat gpt to write a valentine's day poem for my wife And he wrote a long-ass poem, and I forwarded it to my wife. She's like, oh, this is amazing. You wrote a long poem. That was really good. How did you write it? I'm like, I I almost gave it up, but I didn't. So, Hopefully she's not watching right now. Probably not. I don't know. I'm I'm okay okay if she's watching. (laughs) At least what matters is I did come up with a poem for her. Yeah. And uh, do it, it. It does really good stuff. I, I use it basically to give me a foundation for everything I want to do, and then I edit and modify it to, uh, to my liking. Because so, I'm I, I hate writing, uh, but like if I'm like if crafting an email, right? But I get this thing to give me a, a foundation in thirty seconds, and then I edit and modify, and boom, I send it out. Same thing you could probably do with Facebook ads and sales copy and and you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. It, it's uh, you, you want to know literally what we did today with this show? Yeah, please. You gave me a topic for the show, and I'm like, let me try this. So I'm like, Chat GPT, make this into a sales copy a title and make it better. So he gave us the following Revolutionizing Agencies Mind Blowing Ways to Unlocking Maximum Efficiency and Success. I'm like, I like that. That sounds good. I can run with that. Yeah, uh, I could probably use that with every show, right? Yeah, improve the title because if I have a better title, it will probably gain more um attention and boom. And then I modified it a little bit. So, next question Do you have more about Chat GPT? Or oh. okay, so you talk about um, your our, our strengths and weaknesses and how we should delegate or fund someone to do what we're not good at how do you find or determine what you're not good at uh and and just delegated, because I, I think a problem with a lot of business owner, owners as i'm sure you've seen is like most of them don't know what they're good at and when they're not good at they think they're good at everything but the fact is they're not
1: yeah i think that that you have to honestly listen to those around you hmm the people around you will tell you if you're willing to listen and willing to hear them out without being upset or defensive, they'll tell you what you're good and you're not good at. They really will. And, and I think that's the thing is, is you've got to be willing to hear the hard things and either make the decision that I'm going to improve this or I'm going to release it. Hmm.
0: Love it. And, and then do you have to like ask a question? What do you think I'm good at? What do you think I'm not good at?
1: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, in fact, why do you do this? Let's let's just break down the business into three areas. Let's do no. this. Let's do this. Actually, this is
0: a perfect Mustafa exposed and coached moment. Okay. Cuz I, I, I as I'm asking that question, I'm, I'm 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 kind of vague about what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I know some stuff I'm good at. Who's but I'm more to? particularly more inter- interested in what I'm not good at perfect so you've seen me you've known me for a while what do you think i'm not good at open no bs response
1: it's a really good question i think in most of our interactions they've played to your strengths not your weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, the thing the area that i'm probably based on your personality i'm most curious about is your ability to, to keep things organized Like I'm not good at it. Like like I I just I genuinely don't know, but most people who are good at talking to other people, right? Who are good, you know, outgoing folks. Yeah. They often folks. Yeah, they're often not very organized and structured. Right? They're not great at following processes, if you will. And so I think have
0: you seen any examples of me not not being organized and not not following processes?
1: I haven't. I, I've, seen, I've seen you have processes and checklists that you follow, uh-huh. but I don't know if that's, if that's because you've recognized, I'm really not good at this, so I better make sure that I do this mechanically, robotically, specifically, right, as a tool to minimize what I'm not good at. Yeah. Right? Or if it's, I'm really secretly fantastic at this stuff. I, I genuinely don't know. Probably a mixture of both. I would probably so
0: normally what happens is I, I run into something i mess it up royally and then i'm like i need to sit down map out the process and improve it so i could see what's going on and play with the order and and yeah. like I, I, I literally on my checklist to-do list with a high priority is updating our uh, client sign up checklist uh, like the setup checklist yeah yeah, yeah.
1: So you, you said earlier you didn't like writing I'm, I'm terrible
0: to... at spelling. I'm not a good writer. Perfect. Yeah.
1: You've already found the solution to that is you found a tool that makes you not a writer, but an editor. That's right. Right. That's right. The thing that like. like Chat D- DPD is like a saver for me. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the question. Who are the three or four people that you work with on a daily basis uh-huh. that you can go to and say, what are my biggest personal flaws? what are the areas of managing and running this business that I do worst? And then listen, just shut up and listen and take whatever they say and then sit back and, and think about examples of how they're right. Not about examples of how they're wrong. Would you ask that question from your team members? Yeah, absolutely. I guess a lot of people would be scared
0: to ask that question. And they'd be like, Oh, I don't
1: want to bring myself down. And, Right. It's, that's egotistical bullshit. That is. And, and the mean. simple reality is your ego will get in the way of your success. Because you oft, we often, I often have an inflated view of ourselves. Of course we do. Right? And the way that we manage that is by simply saying let me understand the truth about me. The truth that I can't see. You know, honestly, I've done that. And it's
0: it's the most constructive, productive Mm -hmm. process I have ever done. Look, for a while uh, in the COVID era, for a couple of years, I I was running Simple Marketing Formula. And at the end of every class, I would sit down. Because we do a whole bunch of hot seats during the workshop. Yeah, And then I turn around like, guys, it's my turn right now. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to butcher me. Give me some no BS direct feedback about everything and anything about the workshop and about me. And I just sat back and I'm like, the more it hurts me, the more it helps me. Uh If you're concerned about my feelings and all that, set your BS aside and just give it to me. And boy, did that ever improve me and my process and the workshop and everything else.
1: Yeah. And that, I think that's the thing is if we can do that, you know, D- David is a, is my biggest asset in so many ways because he's not afraid to be brutally honest with me.
0: That That's the best thing you could have in a partner.
1: And, and he's not afraid to be offensive for the sake of growth. Mm-hmm because we have a relationship that says this is a safe place for us to expose each other's flaws. There are certainly things. And, and by the way, this happens between us in public at times where we'll be in front of our licensees. And I'll say, like I said, this morning, in one of our group calls, this is a thing that David is really bad at. And here's how he messes this up. And this is a particular area of my strength. And so if you're like David, and I know some of you are, you're going to mess it up in these four ways. And this is what you need to do instead. And this is how you need to think about this instead, etc. He's not offended by that. And I'm not offended when he does the exact same thing because I don't have the, I don't have the fragility that tells me if I'm not great at everything, I'm not great.
0: That's That's a good example for your, for your people as well, right? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing David didn't turn around and act like a baby and be like, I can't believe you just called me out in front of people.
1: No, and because that's the thing. Is, it's not calling them out. It's not saying you've screwed up. It's not saying that you're bad or you're wrong or or I dislike you. It's saying this isn't an area of your strength. Hmm. Right? So, so, so really think about this. For me to say, hey, Mustafa, you're not a great writer. Are you offended by that? No. You hurt by that? Absolutely not. Some it's people just, would be though. I think the low
0: self-esteem, high ego crowd would probably be offended by that.
1: It's. I look at it as a simple fact, like water is wet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm terrible at organization, right? Like, like, or chaos is organized for me, right? And so, if someone were to say, "Ken, you, you know, you're pretty disorganized," you think? thanks for noticing that <laughs> you know like like, yeah yeah i am yeah, yeah. And, and and that's that's just how it is right like like i'm not i'm not built to be that way yeah Right. It, it's like it's for me i kind of think of it as imagine that you and i are in a, are in a race right now i'm six 320 pounds Right, You are going to outrun me nine times out of ten. Now, I'm in the gym five days a week. I, I lift very heavy things on a regular basis. Love powerlifting, that sort of a thing. But I'm not built for running speed. You so will probably you wouldn't say, be offended by that either. Right? right. So, so for you to say, hey, I can outrun you. Yep. Go for it. <laughs> you absolutely can. I've never been a great runner. In fact, one time in my entire life, I've run a sub-10-minute mile. One time. Ever, yeah. For one mile. And that's it. And I thought I was going to die. Right. But you put me in a gym and you say, Hey, go lift, you know, go leg press half a ton. No problem. I'll rep that out for you. Fantastic. Right. And, and so I think it's, it's that thing where if we can simply say, look, my strengths and weaknesses as a person, my mental strengths and weaknesses are akin to my physical strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, I don't, I don't have to, ha- I don't have to be hurt by them. If someone says to you, "Hey, you're short or you're tall," okay, not a lot I can do about that. That's right. That that that's the kind of feedback that we don't often get when it comes to our capabilities and capacities. Good. So um, let me ask another question about
0: what what this whole thing, what we promised. Uh, we, we said we we're going to talk about what what is a strategy and why it's the real key to success. Yeah. So uh, I guess my question is, what's your definition of strategy and why is it the key to success? And how do most people
1: miss that? Yeah. You ever see uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I have not. In it, there's a, a very famous scene where he's crossing a, a, a old, rickety, rickety bridge. Uh-huh. And it's a rope bridge. Okay? And it's got slats that are missing. And they're trying to get to the other side. Yep. Of this canyon. The other side is our goal. Yep. The bridge itself is our strategy. Yep. And each of those wooden planks are tactics. Now, if okay. you watch the movie, what you'll find is there are certain tactics, certain planks that he steps in and they break. And what is the name of the movie again? Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And and the the piece of wood doesn't support his weight and they break through and they've got to pull themselves back up and keep moving forward. Right? that is for me a visual of what strategy is strategy is the, the the place that I'm going it's the vehicle that's taking me there tactics are the individual steps along the way strategy is ultimately- how, how do
0: how do most people actually miss this how does this actually translate into your day-to-day kind of stuff yeah because I know this is a this is a topic that is, very important. I read in good to great that most people that actually made it in, onto the good to great list took them four or five years minimum to actually figure out their strategy. And like you said, no, I would say 99% of business owners or businesses miss it.
1: Yeah. So so here's why strategy is so challenging. It requires you to think.
0: Yeah.
1: And project before you act yep. rather than to act. And most of us as entrepreneurs have a bias toward action. What do you mean by project before you act? I've got to ask a lot of questions before I, I pull the trigger on something. Okay. I move, right? So so let's say that you and I are sitting down at a bar and, and this really successful uh, call center guy comes up to you, And you guys are talking, you ask him, well, what's, what was your secret to success? And he says, Oh, really simple. Uh, We ran Facebook ads for a thousand dollars a day. And that's how we got successful. Now you could take that and say, well, I'm going to go spend a thousand dollars a day on Facebook and I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Or you could stop and say, will that make me successful? Why did that make him successful? Good question. Great. I love that. Is this tactic applicable to me? That's right. Is he defining success the same way I'm defining success? Yeah. Like really think about this. I want you to imagine that for you, success is working 20 hours a week, making half a million dollars a year. Yeah. For me, success is making $10 million a year, working 60 hours a week. Okay,
0: just different personalities.
1: Just different personalities, different goals. Yeah. If I tell you my secret to success and you implement it, probably not going to work. It it may work, but you're not going to be happy because yeah. you're not that that strategy. A, that- unless it's aligned,
0: yes, it's going to work. But how do Wait. you find out if something's going to work? Do you have to just
1: test it and see if it works or or not? I I don't believe there's there's any clear cut way that clear I- answer. To know that something is going to work you? what's your (laughs) process do you like think about it do you take your gut feeling do you uh, so here's what we do is other people is when we're when we're setting up a strategic perspective (coughs) we're doing several things we're asking what are the necessary parts right what what do i need to build this there's a a biblical concept um where the question is asked, does a king fight a battle without first counting his army? Does a so man build a tower without knowing that he has the funds to complete it?
0: Right. And it's interesting how many times people do exactly that,
1: like the opposite, like without knowing and counting and all that. So, so let's let's understand the true cost of doing this, right? Is this going to get us where we need to go? What are what are its capabilities? What are its strengths and weaknesses? Right. So let's like 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 let's just take something simple. Like you want to add another. Your, your big goal that we're working on is you want to add another two million dollars of revenue. Yeah. Okay. We've got to look at well, how many staff members do you need? Yeah. Right. How many um, additional clients are you likely to need on average what are the means by which you could acquire those staff members and clients yep right what would lead you to success in that what would lead you to failure in that what are the pitfalls what are the things you've got to watch out for right what are the risks right and then who is our right customer is there a particular kind of customer that we want more than a different one right and i'm not just talking oh our generalized target market but i'm asking from a factual perspective is there a client that is worth more net profit yeah does net profit matter yeah well no no i mean genuinely like there are companies let's let's take facebook that was grown right spacex that was grown net profit didn't matter So you're
0: saying there are some companies where net profit doesn't matter?
1: Some, like like the the user based social media platforms, when they were largely growing, they had enough funding that they could spend double what they were making to acquire a user. Because because the goal was size and and scale, not profitability, because they had funding coming from another source, i.e., investors, right? And so, so you've got to understand, well, what's the, what's the environment that I'm in Yeah, and the goal that I'm have, I have, and does all of that interact, how how does all of that interact with the things that we want to do? Mm -hmm. And, and so the strategy is a multifaceted piece where in essence, what you're doing is you're taking an object, you're taking a goal and you're examining it from every angle, Right. Instead of simply saying, here's what I want, here's the simple path, and that's all I've got to do, we're good to go. I'll give you an example. If I held this up to you and I said, let's get the right angle here, well, what color is this? You might say it's green. That's right. But if I flipped it over and I said, what color is this? Well, all I see is green, but all you see is white. Yeah. And unless, oh, now it's green and white, right? Unless we look at the fact of what this is, we can't accurately even describe it. Strategy is the process of looking at the entire thing, if that makes sense. And then yeah. figuring out what do we do in light of the facts? Yeah. What's our best path forward? How many people don't even examine where they're at? Absolutely.
0: Ken, uh, let's talk about your gift. uh, Start with strategy.
1: Yeah, so uh, David and I, this is our second book. Uh, This is a book really arguing for why strategy is the best and most profitable way for a marketing agency to work. Why the focus on strategy matters. I thought you were going to use the F word for a second focus
0: Focus. (laughs) why the focus is so important love it gang uh, the link is in the um, comments of the show click and download this book these guys do really well with uh, strategy and they really know their way around around agencies and marketing companies and all that so do reach out Uh, the link is thepreparedgroup.com forward slash start if you're listening to this and it's going in the descriptions of the show and the links on the show. Um, Ken, can I ask you a couple of um, personal questions before we we wrap up? Of course. What's a new thing you have tried recently? Big or small? Big or small.
1: Um, my wife and I are going axe throwing today for the first time. Axe throwing. That's a good one. We're going to do for Valentine's Day is axe throwing. Love it. Give me two of your favorite books. Only two. That is really tough. So I read it's about that a. Hundred. Made a massive impact in business or life. Data-driven marketing by Mark Jeffries and Dan Kennedy's No BS Ruthless Management of People and Profits. No BS Ruthless
0: Management of People and Profits. Yep. Profits. I, I love Dan's most of Dan's stuff. Yeah. I've read a quite a
1: few of his books. Love that stuff. That book is for me. That book is an absolute game changer for the vast majority of small business owners. I'm actually going to pick
0: that up um, for the ruthless management people. Love it. Um, what's one advice that made a big impact on business or life? Money is a renewable resource. Money is a renewable. Give me a couple of a paragraph about that. What does that mean? That means that it's there's there's enough
1: of it and you can get more if it doesn't work right now, or yeah, that's part of it, but it's also there are are resources that you have in your life that are not renewable. Love it, like your health, like your your time. Your time. Family. Family, right? You can't renew those things if you screw them up. That's right. Money? Money comes and goes.
0: Love it. Uh, if you had a Facebook or Google ad where everyone around the globe with access to Internet could see this ad, what would your message be
1: for people of Earth? Wow, that's a tough question. Um i think i think ultimately the the message i would want everyone to see is is that jesus christ is lord jesus christ is lord love it love it love it
0: ken we could easily talk for another two hours without even trying like yep (laughs) love hanging out with you man (laughs) this was a value bomb a lot of good information how-to knowledge if you guys didn't watch or catch the beginning of the show Definitely go back and watch and listen. This guy is a wizard of marketing. He knows his stuff. Do reach out. The website is thepreparedgroup.com. You can find him on LinkedIn. Message him. Spam him. No, don't spam. Uh, send him a message. Do reach out. I'm just saying that because we, we know each other and yeah. we probably bug each other. Uh, uh, but uh, they, they, they know their stuff. And if either you own, own a marketing agency or you're a marketer or you know someone, these guys are definitely the people to talk to. Ken, is there anything short and quick that you would
1: probably want to talk about what we didn't get a chance to? You know, I, I think I think the biggest thing is this, is if you want to be successful in business, I've heard it said, you are the sum of the people that you spend the most time with and the books that you read. If If we simply disciplined ourselves to read more, and to study more, I think that we would transform the level of success that we can achieve. Love it. And these guys, Ken and Dave, they've got the book
0: club that they host a weekly meeting on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And they do that every single week, hanging out with a bunch of cool people. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions for me or Ken about marketing strategy and agencies, put it in there and we'll get back to you tag your friend who could benefit from Ken and Dave's knowledge or send the link to them share the love with them make sure to like and subscribe to the show thank you for joining us and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode have a great day and thank you for joining us bye